0: This is the What's Next podcast, Houston's number one platform, where I invite creators to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next?
1: I feel like 95 Yeah on my body. Yes. Spicky, chick, yes
0: Houston, Texas Welcome back to episode number 62 Of the What's Next podcast a production of Still Visionary Inc Um, as you can see I'm recording This is the second episode that I will record today Um, today being April the 18th, 2020 Um, so I want to go ahead and get some things knocked out um before this upcoming week comes. So I'm recording a couple of episodes today. Um listen. When boys start feeling themselves, right? When boys start feeling themselves, they um start to wear smaller shirts. I got a smaller shirt on because your boy then lost some weight. <laughs> Me and my wife are getting on a healthier healthier tip, rather. And so we're um trying to change our diet. So we're uh, drinking smoothies and not eating meat and all of that. So it's got me losing some weight. So I'm feeling myself a little bit. But you already know what I came here to do, man. You know, sweetheart, you know every time I get a chance, I'm going to play this record. Okay. Like I said in episode number 61, Friday the 17th of April, right? My homegirl dropped uh, a version of Boss You Up, Chopped and Screwed. One time for the city, Houston, Texas, baby. Let's get it. Two times I, because I rock with good people. And three times because you already know what I came here to do, man. Demario, what up? Sir John Monet, what up? Truly Priesty, what up? What's going on with y'all? Houston, Texas is podcast number two today. Let's go.
1: I lay low with my team Clotting on a milli See I don't work for free Pay me what I won't show up for free I only come for money If you want it then let me know If you want to Show us in my fee before
0: One time man This has been a minute since I played my man's record Shout out to Echo Remix man
1: Let's go.
0: Houston, Texas, you already know what I came here to do, man. Before we get into this guest, make sure that all the creators out there, if you know any creators making records, making music, and they want their music heard, tell them I got a segment on my podcast called It's a Vibe, where I play the hottest, man. Let's go.
2: Oh.
0: Oh. Here we go. Hello? Coach. Hey, what's
3: going on, coach? How you doing? I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm well. Welcome to episode number 62 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Steel Visionary, Inc. How are you?
3: Well, thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Let's. Um, before we get started with the episode... Let's introduce our social media handles so we don't disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that point. Okay. Go ahead.
3: All right. Well, my name is Dana Roe Marshall. Um, I am a high school English teacher. I'm also a writer um, of many different facets. I am a mother of three, a wife, and a loving sibling of four.
0: Mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Do you have? Are you on social media?
3: Okay, so I'm on social media, and um, Coach, I honestly I'm not a big social media person, but okay. I am learning to get adjusted during COVID. Okay. So, so I have a Facebook. On Facebook, I'm under my name, um, Dana Rowe, my maiden name R O W E. Um, on Instagram, I am under my um, writing blog, The Unorthodox Educator.
2: So
3: mm. that is T H e e unorthodox educator T-H-E-E.
0: um so that's the i'm sorry u
3: mm, u mm-hmm.
0: okay o r t h okay
3: o d o x educator
0: e d u c a t o r okay so the t h e e u n d o r No. Spell it again. I'm sorry. Spell it again. I'm sorry. You (laughs) said you teach English. I teach math. Spell it again. (laughs) No
3: problem. Okay. So it's um, Mm D-T-H-E-E. Unorthodox. U-N-O-R-T-H-O-D-O-X. Educator. E-D-U-C-A-T-O-R.
0: Okay. Got you. Okay. Got you. And, uh, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I don't have it, but I'll find it while we while we <laughs> while we get going with the podcast. I'll find it, and then I'll follow you as we are on the podcast. Okay, um, and uh, you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and Still Underscore Visionary. Uh, if you would connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my fan page on Facebook, and visit my website at StillVisionary.com. Coach, um, this is a mobile podcast, right? So what I mean by that is I um, pack things up, put them in the comforts of my car and I go to the creatives various locations and I set up in front of them just to show them that, um, you know, I can come to your spot and catch you in your creative um, space. So uh, directly in front of me, uh, I have all my T-shirts that I sell um, and you can shop still slash apparel. That's s t i l l v i s i o n a r y dot com slash apparel. Okay. So uh, what's going on, man? Uh, I know you got the news yesterday that we'll be doing uh, the rest of the 2019 twenty school year from the comforts of our house. <laughs> how do you how do you like that? <laughs> okay, so honestly
3: speaking, I wasn't surprised. I don't think a lot of educators. Um, work. I've been teaching for 16 years. So Mm. when I saw the way everything was going, I knew that we were going to be going back to school just because of the way the system is set up. Um, It's too much going on, not just with COVID, but as far as the way that they've made the drastic adjustments with education. Mm. And it would have been too much for them to send us back to school with less than a month of school left. Mm. That's just like when school starts in the beginning. It's a two-week bare minimum adjustment period. And that depends on what side of the district you're working on. Mm -hmm. It don't matter what district it is. If you're working on the urban side or the inner city school side, it takes a little bit longer to adjust to something like to the start of school. So with them coming back from COVID, you would have been adjusting two weeks and then it would have been time for graduation. People would already miss proms and things like that. So that was the safest thing. Um, How do I feel about it? I'm actually cool. Um, it's hectic, it's crazy because I'm a mom, so I'm having to deal with my kids and homeschooling my kids, and it's crazy because you think, oh, I'm an educator, I'm a teacher, I can do this, but you have to have a system. It has to be disciplined. it has to be organized, or you have to have uh, a hell of a support team. You know, my family does great with, you know, assisting me with my kids. My boys are, you know, I have a high schooler and a middle schooler, so they're able to access online and get on their computers and things. But my heart goes out to my colleagues and, you know, my teachers everywhere that have little ones, like in elementary school, because you got to walk them through. And then they're still requiring us to teach online. They're still requiring us to be live. They're still requiring us to, you know, do virtual walkthroughs and things like that. So we're still having to teach. Mm. And I've talked to a few people that I know, Coach, that are not in education. And for some reason they wanna complain about teachers not getting online or saying that their kids are not getting their work or understanding their work. And I'm thinking to myself, this is what we deal with on the daily with y'all kids. Mm.
2: But you mm. starting to
3: see what we deal with on the daily. Mm. You know, we gotta to come to that job every day, Monday through Friday and your child comes on the bus or dropped off or what have you, and on those days they sit there or they skip class or they don't do our work or we have to call you and things like that, they're getting to see firsthand what teachers deal with. Mm. You know, hopefully, like I told one of my friends, that's a a principal, I said, hopefully, this will allow the world to appreciate educators and coaches a whole lot more. No doubt. Because we do more than what you realize. No doubt. You know, your child is with us. More than they're at home when school is in, mm. especially if they play sports, and you know that they were up twelve hours a day. Mm. Mm. So by the time you see your child, it's evening time or it's night, and you coming home for work. It's time for them to shower, eat, and go to bed. Yeah, I thought you're it... not having to do much. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I do. I, I thought I, I was. I knew that school was gonna be was gonna stay the way it, it stayed uh, when we made that. With that, when we made that transition to. Um, virtual learning, distant learning, for the simple fact of mm-hmm. you know them saying that we, we weren't going to have finals and we weren't going to have the star exams. Uh, they canceled it all. So I was like, man, what's the point of going back to school when May is the month of all the standardized testing and stuff? You know what I'm saying? So right. um, when they said right. that, you know, when I had, to, I don't know if y'all had to do it, but at Waltrip, we have what we call an advocacy period where, um, Tuesdays through Fridays for 30 minutes kids come to my classroom, freshman that is freshmen, and every grade level, mm-hmm. every grade level has a different so okay, the math department this year, Waltrip, we all had freshmen in our advocacy periods and we were just trying to get them ready for the star exam but when they cancelled the star exam and said that there were no finals I said okay, well we're going to be doing distant learning for the rest of 2019-20 you know what mm-hmm. I mean, so you know, it was, it was no right. point in going back to school. So when when I got the news yesterday, I was like, "Wow, okay, it's <laughs> it's time." Yeah,
3: yeah, it's time. And see, we didn't well, like the English department. We had well, our advocacy, which they consider peacekeepers at Sterling, So we have a peacekeepers class, right? Mm-hmm. So that was like our freshman class or whatever, and it wasn't like homeroom. It's a little different because it was more like the intervention classes. Well that was kind of the thing that a lot of us were talking about because it was like, if they're not taking the STAR test, what are we doing online during intervention that they're not getting during that regular uh, ELA time? You get what I'm saying? We're mm-hmm. not doing STAR prep. They're mm-hmm. not taking the STAR. So we're still having to make those uh, curriculum adjustments. Yeah. You know, and math is probably dealing with that too, but you know what I'm saying? Like, especially when it's a testing subject, yeah. even if they're not in school, we have to prepare them for next year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's what I was telling somebody else. I'm like, it's yeah, they're out of school, but it's not like that because it's gonna be a large learning gap yeah. if they don't push it in a way in which these kids understand that they still need to do yeah. something. They yeah. still need to, you know, learn and they still need to sharpen their their mind you know, just kind of keep abreast of what they are doing on grade level because, mm-hmm. you know, like I know, it's plenty of them that are not on grade level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you sitting at home doing nothing is going to just make it even worse. And then next year, that's going to pose a problem when you get ready to come back in and place kids. And you know how I go and, and do master scheduling and all of that. They're not thinking about how that's going to affect them. The kids aren't, neither are admin or, you know, the people up top, that's really how I feel like you're giving them lessons online and then the worst of the worst, because me and you both are in HIV, was <laughs> the whole post that the grades were not going to count. Yikes. How are we gonna be the first ones to tell the world or the city or the state of Texas that those grades don't count? How yeah. do you expect these parents to be able to push their kids to do the work? Yeah. How do you expect the teachers be to be able to coerce our kids to get online? Now me myself I have great rapport with my kids. So my kids log on just because they want to get on and talk and have live sessions with me, but everybody
0: doesn't have that luxury. Yeah. So I got I great. That was the best thing. I got great. Know? I got, I do. I got great rapport with my kids too, but they're not rushing. They're not rushing to get online. They're not rushing to get you online. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> they ain't rushing <laughs> right. to get online. And, and I done told them, they get
3: bored and want to chime in, but
0: that's about it. I, I done told them, Hey, I'm I'm on here. 10 to 12. Mondays and, and Thursdays and, and, and one to three on um Fridays mm-hmm. and Wednesdays and
3: I ain't had nobody get on there yet. See? So, yeah, it's a task. And I've had some to get on, but not a whole whole lot. Now they'll do my work, but just to go on live, it's yeah. not a whole lot.
0: Yeah, me too. Me I got some doing the work, but they don't want to get on live either. So mm-hmm. um um is this your first podcast? What you say? Is this your first podcast? Yes, it is.
3: Okay. Yes. Welcome. So I'm, I'm, I'm super I'm excited. I'm nerve excited.
0: Congratulations. <laughs> Welcome. Um, and thank so, you. Thank you. So a little bit of our history, Houston, Texas, is um, uh, in the spring portion of the school year, I have been coaching softball for the past four years. This is my first year coach that I was the head coach of softball at, um, Walter high school. So coach mm-hmm. Roe and I, we met what, what, what stadium was that? Was that Barnett or was that Butler?
3: We were at Butler.
0: Uh, we, we met at Butler and we were exchanging, um, lineups. And I said, after that, you know me, I'm always Mark. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, we're, we're about to have a softball game and I'm thinking about the podcast and I'm like, Hey, I do a podcast. i love it if you check me out sometime. And Coach, Coach Roe was like, um, yeah, oh, no doubt, because I'm, I'm doing a blog. And I was like, there it is. I need to get you on the podcast. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm grateful that we finally connected to do this podcast. I hate that it's in these circumstances with um, the social distancing going on. But, you know, um, I have this setup to be able to yeah. do the podcast like this as well.
3: I... I know when um you brought it to me I was kind of like it was it was kind of a God thing when things happen like that for me I have to look at um, the way the universe is moving if you will and I was just kind of talking to my sister and my sister older sister is my manager and she manages everything that I've been doing since I was 13 when I first started writing so mm. I kind of ran it by her and she was like, I was telling you about a podcast. I was telling you about getting online. Like you don't want to do it. So that would be great. And I, and, and coach, uh, he didn't tell y'all, but I kind of like was so busy and I was nervous. So at first I kind of was like, I'm gonna call you back. I'm gonna call you back. and then I had to get my nerves up to do it. Right. But he was so patient and was just like, Hey, I got you. Check these out. Look at this, whatever. But I think because, Um, of where I am right now in my life and with my writing and with just being an educator and just the way that the times are changing. um, I've always felt like my voice was very powerful on paper, putting ink to paper. Um, But I've learned over my 16 years of educating like how I have been able to infiltrate um, the the spirits of my kiddos and I want to be able to do that in a more massive way. And I think after just watching the few podcasts of yours that you sent me and the way that you are doing this podcast, I'm like, I can dig that. So, yeah, let me do it. You know what I'm saying? So I really appreciate you for even being patient with me and then, you know, allowing me to um, bless your mic on your podcast.
0: No doubt. Okay, so um, we know that you're an educator. We know that you're a mom. Um, We know that you're a wife. Um, What should people take from this episode in regards to you? Outside of those things that we initially started the conversation off with,
3: okay, um first thing first, I think what they should take from it is that i'm a I'm a real person um, I'm a very genuine person i'm I'm a character, I like to climb on um <laughs> my family, my students, they know that um but I love really hard, and I'm passionate about people being great. At whatever that is. So, like, anybody who knows me, if you were to ask them, if you were to have a quiz or put up some money and say, what is one phrase that Ms. Rowe would always say? What is one phrase that Coach Rowe would always say? They're going to tell you. She's going to tell you something about being great because I just believe that there is some greatness in everyone. And I learned that again. My sister Adrian taught me that, like, everybody has a purpose, and purpose evolves over time. It's not something that just drops out the sky on you. You know, it's something that you have to work towards. And sometimes you work through different paths to get there. So for everybody who would be, I don't know, cautious about their path Mm -hmm. or who would kind of be skeptical about what they want to do with themselves, if anything I would want them to take from me, it would be to just pursue that greatness. And regardless of what you may go through, don't stop. Because it's always a piece. That can push you to purpose.
0: Mm. You know, what I'm saying it's a piece of that passion that can push you to purpose if you just keep pushing. Mm. Mm. Okay. See, you know what? You know you were you were concerned about being ready for a podcast. I think I think you've been waiting. I think you've been waiting to spill your spill what's in your mind and your heart. So I think I'm I'm just grateful that you're on the podcast today.
3: Oh, thanks, folks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: So, uh, how do you, uh, let me ask you this. Um, uh, um, If you could define yourself with one word, what would it be?
3: If I could define myself in one word, what would it be? Great. Great. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, it would be great. Um, Why? Because I've learned, and and, and let me tell you why I say that. I've learned that the word great and maybe because it's the English teacher that I am, it has various, various meanings. Okay. Yeah. And what I mean by that is everyone, we all know what the simple word, you know, great means. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the word great means not only does it mean large in numbers, you know what I mean? But it means wonderful first rate. And then it just means being in extreme or notable degree, if you will. So it's, it's a, of things that can make a person great but if you don't believe that you're great then you can't pursue whatever it is that you really desire in life like if I pursue to be a great mom it was a time when coaching was my everything Mm -hmm. so I, I wanted to be great at that so I studied that you know what I'm saying but then I realized that okay I'm slacking a little bit as a mom you know I'm slacking as a wife so I'm like, okay, let me figure out how to be great in all these areas. So if I can just perfect me in those different places, then I feel great. But so before mm-hmm. I can do all of that, I gotta be, I gotta feel great about me. You know what I'm saying? To be able to be a better mom, a better wife, better teacher, a better coach. So that's just something. I mean, I have great on multiple sticky notes around my house, coach. Like even in my kids' rooms in the morning when they get ready to go to school. They have a whole slogan that we we uh, fist bump and they say on the way out the door, "Do your best, nothing let be great," mm. and they stay out, and that's mm. every morning. So, if it was one word to describe me right now, at the phase I'm in in my life, that's why it would be great. Okay.
0: Yes, it's crazy because be great. Um, the athletic coordinator in at my school wanted me to press because I press t-shirts on the side as well, so he wanted me to press something. <laughs> Look, I'm a hustler. You already know what it is as an educator. You got to yeah, hustle. Yeah.
1: You know what
0: I'm saying? When, when, when the school year started, I counted that we had, I think, 200. I think we had um, 187, maybe 186 days, calendar days to work, right? And so that that roughly works out to about 51, 50.85, 50.86, depending on the number of days in a year that, that we're working, in a 365 calendar year. Now, obviously – um, Ten month contract people like we are, it's a little differently, but you know um, we got to hustle. Those other, yeah. uh, you know, that other, if if it's fifty one percent, that other forty nine percent, you got to find a way to hustle that. So
3: absolutely.
0: Um, my um, colleague was like, "Hey, can you press this on the back of these jerseys?" And he wanted me to press "Be Great" on the back of the jersey. So I think that that you know it falls in line with what you're saying because I think that that's the mind state that we have to have. Towards the kids, or instill that into the kids so that they have some sign of, like, okay, this is what I'm shooting for.
3: Right. You know and there? then see, like, yeah, I totally, totally do. And it's funny that you said about printing it because, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a worried person, so I'm big on acronyms. But one thing that, you know, um, my family or my sister kind of taught us, and we use it as an acronym for great. And it's grace-refined, eternally anointed task. We're a spiritual family, so that's how we look at it. But it's grace-refined, eternally anointed task. Mm. So that means I'm forever anointed to do whatever task, you know, is put before me because I have refined grace to do it. God's gonna continue to allow me to do it if I do it in the right way. If you know sowing and reaping, if I sow the right thing to my kids, I reap the right thing. That's one thing when people say, "Man, you know everybody." Or yeah, my kids go to school in Fort Bend. I'm teaching this district, and they're like, "You know, yeah, but you know why? Because every time I walk into one of those schools and I work, I make sure I treat those kids fairly because I have kids of my own that I want to be treated that way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. all a loss, So
0: Yeah. Um. You know, I'm 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 just grateful. That uh, in a, a selfish moment for myself turned out to be something that's going to be a long lasting relationship um, between you and I. Um, and we'll get into the yeah. aspect of the writing part in a second. But, you know, initially okay. I was just like, hey, you know what? I want you to check it out, you know, because that's the only way that you'll be able to ever expand is if you step out there and you say, hey, you know what? This is what I do outside. You see me here and this is my lane right here. We're both in the same lane. I'm a coach. You're a coach. But this is what I do when I clock out from work. Um, I'm an artist. And so check me out. And I'm glad in that selfish moment you said, yeah. And you said, yeah, I'll check you out. I, I'm, I'm starting a blog. And I said, there it is. Because the What's Next podcast is all about bringing creatives out and finding about their journeys and depicting their visions. So in this journey of yours, I want to start here with it. Creativity comes from experiences. Okay, as a writer, I want to know your first, first um, steps into writing, what that looked like, and then how you how you go from becoming a writer to wanting to create a blog. Oh, okay. So I'll
3: give you the short version.
0: No, no, um, listen, listen, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. You ain't got to give me the short version. <laughs> we got some time. You ain't got to give me the short version. Come on. <laughs>
3: Okay.
0: We got some time.
3: Okay, big. So, I honestly started writing um, when I was 12 years old. Okay. And I initially started writing music, okay? So, this this is how this whole writing pr- journey began. Um, my family is very musical. So, I came from a very musical family, and we all are talented with voices and things like that. Well, I always liked writing from the beginning, so I started writing music, again, at 12 about twelve years old. Had a group, we had management. Back in the day they had an award show, Sammy Davis Junior Award Show. never forget it. It was a staff at the Civic Center. And we went. we went and we won, coach, but ask me what group we won against.
0: Who y'all won against?
3: Destiny's Child. Okay. We beat them out in this group. So at the time I didn't know, I'm gonna be honest with you at the time they were called Girl Time. So I didn't know, and we were young. So now looking back on it, I'm like, damn, we was pretty cold. So we beat them. But the, the kicker for me was not that we won the contest, but that I won for songwriting at the age of 12. Now, i understand that in this contest, I had to be one of the youngest songwriters in there. There was a lot of people in the contest, or a lot of groups of what happened. So did that. And we were asked to go to L.A. to audition for the very record label that they got their first record deal from. But we didn't go. Um, two of the girls that I was in a group with, two of the, uh, one of the parents didn't agree on us going. They said we were too young, blah, blah, blah. We didn't go. And the rest was history. Now you got girl times, you got Destiny's child, that's that. But from that moment on, I knew that my gift was real. You understand? Mm-hmm. I knew that if I could write at 12 years old like that, and we win and we be potentially able to get a record deal, then, shit, I could do it, you know? Yeah. So from that point on, I think uh, my sister told me years later, she was like, I think you kind of went into it. Then we didn't know what that was. She was like, but I think it was like a depression. It was so hurt about what didn't happen. Yeah. So I just started to write every yeah. day, all day. Yeah. So by the time I got to high school, I probably had two binders full of music catalogs. i mean like, I had two music catalogs of songs that I had written and poetry that I had written and stuff like that. Mm. And so that just carried on with me like through high school, and then when I got to college, um, I started working on music and everything. I thought that music was my path. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. I started doing that. I was writing for different, um, you know, labels and, and you know, try- selling music and trying to get that going. And I was attending college at North Texas in Dallas, uh, in Denton. And so, during that time, I had a catalog that was stolen. A lot of people knew that I was doing music, and it was stolen. And i never forget, I called my sister, and I was just like, it's over. Like, they had one of my catalogs, and I just heard my music on the radio up here in Dallas. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't know at that time, I was just writing. I didn't know much about copywriting, didn't really care. I just wanted to write. So, in that moment, I began to get serious about whatever I wrote.
0: So, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, stuff. wait a minute. hmm you had a catalog. Somebody stole your catalog and then published one of your mm-hmm. songs? P- produced uh, well, one of yeah, your records?
3: We heard more than one. Oh, for- yeah, we heard more than one. Damn. Yeah, they stole the catalog, but it was nothing. Like my sister was saying, because she was in college, she was like, "It's nothing you can do. You used to write for therapy, but you weren't copyrighted anything. So I was an athlete in college, and we traveled and things like that. And I think, I don't know who, what, where, but it it was taken out of um, you know, one of my bags, my bag one of my duffel bags or whatever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people on campus knew that I did music, you know, because I wrote a lot and um I wasn't in the music department. So at a school that's known for music, if you're not in the music department and they know you are doing music, it, it you know, word kind of travel. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I let them call my sister. And then about six months later we heard another one on the radio up there. <laughs> So I was kind of trying to track the artist. We kind of were doing all of that and trying to see about, you know, my catalog or at least getting this and the third, and it was a hassle. So I just, you know, my sister was like, forget it. Forget it. Don't worry about it. You know, God bless you. We'll work on this, that, and the third, and we did that. So from that point on, I just was a much more cautious, cautious about what I wrote and where I left my jewels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah for sure. So that was a learning thing for me. Um, but after that coach, I think I kind of went into a state where, um, I had gotten a little bit older. Um, I had had my oldest son and I kind of switched my mindset. I kind of started thinking about how much I just love to write. And my sister was like, you, you know, kind of telling me about different things I could do with it. And I love um, teaching people how to write or writing for other people. Like, that's how I made money in college. Yeah. Most people have side jobs. I picked up a side job, but I quit my side job. I was writing papers for T.A.s in college that were getting their master's, and I was still getting my bachelor's. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So mm. I knew I was cold So, yeah, so I was like, well, I can quit this little uh, this little telemarketing job and, uh, <laughs> you know, and write this lady dissertation or write this person's thesis and get Couple hundred dollars, or whatever the case may be. So that's what I started doing. That was my job in college. Yeah. Teachers on campus knew me for that. You know what I'm saying? So, um I kind of took that route. So when I did that, my older sister, when I came home, um I had my son like my junior year of college, and she was an administrator at a at a, at a uh, school at a charter school. Yeah. And. She put me on. She was like, you're going to come over here and teach English. I was like, man, I don't even have my degree. I don't have enough. She was like, you can teach English better than anybody I got here. You come on over here and teach English. That's how I got thrusted into education. Mm. My sister was like, you want to write? I'm going to make you teach these kids how to write. So she put me in fourth grade because so that was fourth grade writing. Mm-hmm. Right? Then went up to middle school, so I did sixth and seventh grade. I prepped sixth grade for seventh grade writing, and I loved it. That's what got me started in education. From there, um, we did after-school programs where we would go in and teach the arts. We did t-shirt print, because my sister' had a print company for over 20 years. We did candle making. You ever heard of Simply uh, Simply Scents? Shan? Mm-hmm. Simply Sense Candles? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now her stuff is in Walgreens and everywhere else. She started with our after-school program to, to push through the city of Houston. So we just started getting people that were using their gifts to, to to give back to the kids, and so that's when I started doing the songwriting and poetry and things like that in the after school program to teach them how to pass the song. And my kids were passing in all the schools we were in, from Houston to Channelview to Bay Area, Bay City. We was moving. Mm. So from that coach, I was like, hell, I can make my own writing curriculum. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can in, I can infuse the music side of things because I know music. I was a drum major at Willowridge High School. Come on.
0: Eagles, but I was just <laughs> no, Wait a minute, school. wait a minute. I gotta slow you up. Yeah, because,
3: bring it back.
0: We let hold on. I gotta it. slow you up because I'm from the southwest and I went to Booker T. Washington. We the real Eagles in Houston, Texas. Okay,
3: oh, Booker
0: T. Okay, here we you go. You said Willow Ridge, you we the, we the real Eagles in Booker In Houston, Texas. Here we go. Did y'all march at the Rose
3: Bowl?
0: Of course, we did. I'm lying. Did I don't you know. March at the orange bone? I'm lying. No, don't
3: come don't do me now. <laughs>
0: I'm lying. I don't know what we did, but I know that we were the baby ocean of soul.
3: Yeah. Yeah, y'all were. Holler at us. Yeah. Holler at but us. No.
0: Class of 2003. Holler at us.
3: <laughs> Man. But yeah, so I just went, Coach, like to infuse all of that. But seriously, that musical background that I had and then the writing, the love, the passion for writing that I had, and I began to create my own curriculum. Yeah. But while I was doing that, it was over the years and I was teaching. When I was in certain schools, the schools loved me, the kids did, so they allowed me to do that. Even at Sterling with the job that I have now, I love my bosses because they allow me to do me. Mm. And it works. My kids pass. Yeah. I have not had anything less than 75%, even at an inner city school where I barely my kids work on the star. The yeah. highest I've gotten is 96%, and it wasn't pre AP. So I'm like, you know, I can get them the right. I can teach a dead dog how to read and write if you need to, but I can do that. That's my gift. But now I'm in a place to where I want that gift to be lucrative for me. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to pour into the kids. You get what I'm saying? No doubt. So that's where we get to the involvement of the blog and things like that. Because currently um, I have a writing business. Um, which was how I evolved to the website. Mm-hmm. So The Unorthodox Educator was actually uh, just an email I created, and I called it The Writing Wheel. So I have The Writing Wheel, and I send out things to my clients or emails to people, and I have a lot of college clients. I have a lot of other people that have businesses where I do copywriting for their for their websites and their blogs, and they pay me for that. Um, I have people that I help write for their courses, like I've been doing since college. And they pay me for that. So that has gotten to a point to where it made me take a double look or a double take at my day job. Because when I'm making money from writing, more money than I'm making on my regular job at the school in a month from doing what I love, that's when you start to realize, okay, yeah, I can really do this for a living. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? I do. So... When it got to that point and I was like, okay, it's just got to get consistent. I might hit it that mark one month, but it's got to get consistent. Well, I went back into coaching because I missed it. And so that's kind of where I feel like I realized, let me go ahead and do this website and go ahead and set up this blog because that will allow me the time and the room to write and do what I need to do. The reason then is because so many of my kids come to me with their concerns and their problems or for, to pray for them or whatever. Like, I have those type of relationships. And I'm like, that's the kids 22 with me coming out of education. I don't want to come out of education because I don't want to miss that. Yeah. So God kind of dropped it in my spirit. Like, do you remember when they used to have those Dear Abby letters, Coach? No. And back in the day, it was like a Dear Abby letter. Okay, we might be too young. No, just playing. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a Dear Abby letter. And what it is 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 they used to write these anonymous letters to Abby, right? And it could come from an adult kid or whatever, and she would respond. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to have a platform on my blog for my kids because I'm an educator at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So I want to have a place to where they can anonymously write to me and that'll, you know, funnel through my email or what have you, but, um, where they can write these letters and I can post the different letters that are written anonymously and then respond because what one person might be going through, 10 more people might be going through. Yeah. And that's like me being able to counsel teenagers and youth from my website when God allows me to remove myself from education altogether. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I do. Then and that's kind of why I even wanted to start the blog, if you really want to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because I was writing a book. I was taking all of those stories that I've gotten over the years from myself, my journey and my walk to my kids, and it was and it was gonna be a memoir. And I'm still working on that. That's the memoir of an educator. Yeah. And it's telling you the things that we go through as an educator and how, you know, we really value a lot of us really do value our jobs and what we do and how we pour into your kids. So don't take that for granted. But now, with everything going on, I'm like, I can get the book. I can write the book because I just want to be an author as far as a a novel, a best-selling novel. But I want to be able to, in the meantime and in between times, reach the kids, the parents, and even my colleagues, you know, in a way in which it's in spurts. And I can do that through my website and my blog. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you right quick, coach. Yes, yes. I'm I'm looking mm-hmm. at um because I'm trying to follow you on Instagram. Is it the with the oh, two Lord. E's or is it just one E? Uh uh-uh. uh. On
3: Instagram it's with two E's.
0: Because I don't see it. I'm not pulling it up. I'm not pulling it I up. Think,
3: hold on, let me see. If no, you... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. On Instagram is one E. Okay. And E-H-E. That's the, on my on my um uh, Email and my website
0: is too. So but should, on this one, is it the one? Is it the one that says Education for Real Educators?
3: Yep. That's I you? was just gonna tell you the tag. Yep, you're
0: right. Okay, education you. for Real Educators. Okay, I got you. I mean, dang, I was like, where? I know I'm typing it in right. Where is it? Okay, I see. You, I see. Oh, and honor.
3: I'm up too. Look, you made me go to Instagram. I ain't even really been on here. I got
0: some
3: more <laughs> followers. I'm doing pretty good on here. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna get my, my game up I'm not big on social media.
0: Right, I think that's gotta change. But I'm working on it. That's gotta change.
3: I know, I know. You sound like my son. They yeah. like Mama, you gotta get relevant. I'm like, I can write from where I'm at, yeah, but don't nobody know what you're doing. My sister said it all the time. Don't nobody know how well you can write if you don't publicize it. No doubt. I'm like, okay.
0: I agree with that. So um um creating your blog, um, who are your top bloggers that you used references from to be able to start? Who do you who do you look up to when it comes to blogging?
3: Okay. So for me um ooh, I got a couple. Okay. But I would honestly say that it is it's a difference um for me because I guess I want to say I don't I I'm, I'm competitive. I'm a coach. Mm. So I don't really have people that I look up
0: to per se, but I have those that I see
3: how um successful their blogs may be. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, I do. I do.
0: Okay. I do. It's so, funny. Uh, go ahead. Keep going. Keep, keep going. Keep going.
3: Uh-uh,
0: no 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 what you about to say. No, it's funny because um episode sixty one I um I brought on uh one of my friends who who's a sister to me. Um she's a mother of three. And uh, we were talking, but more importantly, my editor, my editor, um, her name is Tempest Green. She's an English teacher as well, who has a blog and is a mother um, of two, three going on. Right. And so, um, you know, I was texting her the other day. And if she sees this, I hope that she doesn't feel that I'm like knocking. I was texting her the other day and I was like, yo, it shouldn't matter. Um, it shouldn't matter if you're not. Like just get it out. You know what I'm saying right, right, mm-hmm. right, because you got a lot to build from your mother. You you deal with other women's kids. You teach. You're creative. Get it out. Like just get the blog popping because eventually I was always like, hey, check out, check out her blog. Check out her blog on the on the podcast. And when she stopped posting because her posts were great, she would write in spurts, and we were getting ready to do these things for her, her blog. And I was just like, get it out. And she was like, I, I I'm just not inspired to to post. Or it's it's not right, right? Like she was saying that her energy right now and the the, whether the blogs the blogs direction wasn't right. Do you have those same type of mm-hmm. um, feelings? I mean,
3: you do. I do
0: it. Do you have those same type of feelings when you um when you when yeah. you when you're writing? Sometimes you might be disconnected.
2: Mhm.
3: Oh yeah. So what do you do with them? None of them do. You feel disconnected, but sometimes I get writers' block. Um, But um, whenever I get like that, I'm a music person. I'm a music geek. So it depends on what my mood is. It depends on what type of music I put on. Like okay. if I'm getting, if I'm getting if, for instance, and anybody who know me, I, tell, I keep saying this because I promise you can ask family or my kids at work, and they'll whenever Coach is in a bad mood, Miss Rowe is not in the best of moods or what have you, they know exactly. They'd be like, uh-oh, she's about to put on Kendrick Lamar. Okay. <laughs> Okay, before, before you, you know go there,
0: before you go there, what songs on your mind right now? What songs on your mind?
3: What song what you
0: say? What songs on your mind? I do that because I think that as a oh. creative, as a creative, sometimes when we're, we're in that, when we're in that creation process, songs propel us mm-hmm. and push us, like they give us the motivation to keep going on that creative journey. So what songs on your mind right now, since you're, you're a music geek?
3: Kendrick Lamar, Big
0: Shot. Okay.
3: Okay. You ever heard
0: that? I, uh, what, what, is that off of, uh, which one is that off of? Is that, a, that's not on Section 80, is it? No, and it's,
3: it's on, okay, it's on the Black Panther album, too. A okay, lot of people okay, okay. Of uh, okay. But that song, Give Me Rock, because it's just like talking about being a big shot.
0: Oh, yeah, I have heard it. I have it. It it Big Shot. Play. Yeah, I have heard it. Yeah. I have heard that record. Yeah, I have, of course. Okay. Uh, (laughs) That's
3: my jam. Go ahead, go ahead. You were you were
0: explaining. You were explaining. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You were explaining.
3: No, no, no. You good? Uh, That song gets me going because of what he's talking about. He's saying what it feels like to be a big shot in his world. What kind of car he's driving. What he's doing. Like it just makes you know, like man, this is where I'm at right now. You know. Same thing with um. I can put on anything from Kendrick Lamar. I can put on anything from Jay Z, and I'm rocking. Okay. Okay. And so from- but that's the thing because what they talk about to me sometimes be motivational. Now, if I'm in my deep thoughts and I'm feeling real hip hop ish, old school like eighties baby like I am, then you might hear me put on Telly Quali. Okay. You feel what I'm saying? I'm a okay. I'm a jam that I'm a jam me some old school come old school nod. Okay. But then if I'm in a place where I might have be, really be dealing with family issues or my kids or my husband, you know, real issues that we deal with. Then you gonna hear me put on my worship music and my praise mm. and worship music. Even at work, my kids be like, "Uh oh, she got a gospel music on." And it might be instrumental, or it might be with words, yeah. but they know when she put on Marvin Sapp and Smokey noises, mm. she trying to get some answers. She trying to hear something. She's trying to figure something out. Mm. You know. So for me, I can pretty much gauge my my music pick by my emotions, or my emotions by my music. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, but I do. I've always been that way.
0: I do. I'm when glad I go you,
3: into writer's block, I
0: can do that. I'm glad you mentioned um, Nas because um, to me, Nas is the greatest MC to ever do it. Oh, so what songs on, on my mind I'm when it comes you. to when it comes to Nas is I'm gonna go off his second uh, LP. I'm gonna go with "I Gave You Power" because um, you were talking about empowering kids, and uh, and we've been talking about that throughout the duration of the episode. But "I Gave You Power" because in that record, he is empowering the guy who is holding him as a gun, right? And he's talking about how the cycle of, of having the power in that gun jumps from person to person. So at the end of the record, he's sh- he shot. the guy. So he's the gun in the record, right? And the guy holding him is shot, and then somebody else picks him up, and the cycle continues again. Mm-hmm. So that's called I Gave You Power by uh, Nas. Nas. And yep. and I'm thinking about J Rock. When, to, when, 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 when J Rock. You said Ken, Kendrick Lamar, and I know they run on the yeah. same label. <laughs> so I was thinking about J Rock as well. When, yeah. So um, and it's like
3: you know. Go ahead. Go I, ahead. Go I ahead. think and to answer your question earlier, I'm not. Um, I don't. I can't say I, I have some written down bloggers and stuff that I follow. But because I'm more of a writer, um, I pattern myself, my writing style, even for my blog and what I want to do with the website. Like, I'm not techie, right, Coach? But I wanted to, like, build my own website from the beginning. Then I'm going to let somebody run it and manage it and make it all pretty. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to know what was going on behind the scenes because it's mine. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's been taking me a minute between teaching and coaching. And that's another thing when you said about being off, I'm kind of like, this is a blessing for me because I'm allowed, even though it's crazy with teaching, I'm allowed that extra time to hone my craft, you know? Yeah. So I look at it like I'm not really looking at um, the better bloggers of this time, which I have looked at and wrote them down, and I got stuff on my dream board and all. But the people, that writers that have been on my dream board are black women like Toni Morrison and Alice Walker and Octavia Butler, you know? People that Maya Angelou, people that you haven't, some people haven't heard of, and if you're really a writer, then maybe you have. You know what I'm saying? Zora Neal, like, people like that are people that I've been reading their work, and I've been a fan of them for years, mm-hmm. you know? So I try to write that way. Um, that's one thing that my sister and I, we have met with a few people in writing before and with me trying to write these books, and that's one of the first things they say is that, you know, oh, you want to be a black writer? You know, you want to be a black author? I'm like, yeah, I am a black writer, and I am a black author. Yeah. But they don't want me to gear it towards just my people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they consider that not to be um, the most marketable space. Yeah, yeah. And so just being very honest and candid, I think that's the my biggest thing right now is because that's what my heart is. My heart is with my people. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to really um step too far outside of that yeah. when it comes to creating my brand yeah. for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: Do you do you feel that do you feel that your brand that uh that the students you teach and coach are part of your brand? Yes. I do too.
3: Yes. I do too. Yes, it is.
0: And that's it why is. for me and that's why for me it's been because you know I, I love education i think that for me the highlight of being an educator has always been the schedule that's always been the schedule the, the schedule has always been the highlight of being an educator for me what i found out mm-hmm. another highlight mm-hmm. for me was watching the maturation of kids as they evolve Yep. you know um i remember and especially this year this is when this year i was really like man i really just i'm just enjoying it um I coach basketball at Waltrip too, JV and I, this is my second year coaching JV basketball. And uh, we had never beaten y'all before. See it's so listen, we were meant to do this podcast because as a JV coach, I have never, as a basketball coach, I have never beaten Sterling high school until this year. Shout out to my brother, Drew, wow, Drew Bedford. My brother, Dan Drew Bedford is a, is a is a, ra- is a Raider. He graduated from um, Sterling high school in 2004 mm-hmm. but i we never beat sterling until this year and when we took wow. the first w from y'all over at sterling man it was magical my wife was there kids were hitting three pointers and we just we just between me and you coach um we just outplayed y'all we just outplayed y'all we we murdered y'all i'm just being honest we ended up 10 and 3 we and lost see, to madison can- <laughs> yeah.
3: and see i came there in the middle of this year um in November, yeah. I came into that job. So you and, started late. Um, they wanted me... Yeah, I did, and and because I was actually on medical leave before I even took that job. Um, I was coming from it was, the market, Solidated in it, and I was working out there and in and co- in coaching as well, coaching basketball, assistant coach. And when I came to serve, they wanted me to take the job, and I was like, Well, you know what? Let me just teach, get my feedback with, because I had been on medical leave for quite some time yeah. for health reasons, and so I was kind of like, okay. So when I picked up the softball job, I was like, they were really needing help. And the head coach is really great. And I was like, you know what? I'll, and he kind of allowed me the leeway to, you know, do what I needed to do and coach. So that's what made me take that job. But mm-hmm. what I had heard was that previously they had a pretty good basketball team. Yeah. So I know you're right. I heard that they had a pretty good team.
0: Well, listen, um, listen, they had a kid a couple of years ago who was 6'8". I think he went to U of H, but we couldn't get past – listen – Nobody nobody at Waltrip High School outside of my man, Coach Morris, has gotten past Sterling um, in the past four years. Uh, Coach Morris beat Sterling um, it was like three years ago before he got the head coaching job. The second half of the season, he went 8-0 no on JV, which propelled him throughout the rest of the season. He ended up getting the head coaching job, but it wasn't until um, this year where we took three out of four games on the lower levels. Well, actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. On all levels, we swept Sterling this year. We're six and oh versus Sterling this year. We beat them all th- on all three. We're not
3: going to bring
0: us out, but okay. <laughs> I'm talking about basketball.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <I was> there. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. We, we, yeah. And so uh, Sterling, man, it's just, uh, but uh, yeah, those kids and, and them being a part of my brand, just coaching, just to feel how surreal it felt in that game. Like when your kids, when everything you've practiced is coming out alive on court and we're winning and, you know, everybody's happy. We're smiling. We're cheering. I was like, man, this this right here is just everything that I've ever dreamt about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, So uh, so today is April the 18th, 2020. And we have 257 days left in the 2020 year. What do you hope to attain in 257 days?
3: What do I what?
0: Hope to attain in 257 days gotcha. with uh with, with your blog what? and personally.
3: So within that time frame, those 90 days, well, when you say it like that, I'm like, man, that ain't giving me a lot of time. <laughs> but... <laughs> um. My goal is to, by the by the end of the year, um, not only to have my blog and my website up and running, mm-hmm. but the writing well I want to have um, accrued at least another 20 clients um, because I have three people that are um, ready to come aboard of my staff for revising and editing and being editors on my writing staff. Yeah. So I need to pick up more clients so that I can pay them accordingly. Um, so I want to pick up at least 20 consistent more clients. Um, lastly, uh, my family, I have siblings and my siblings are the best, right? Mm-hmm. So we, um, we're, we're going to go ahead and start, um, what is it? Vlogging. Okay. And, um, I, I was the most hesitant one of all of them, as you can see. So we, um, we're going to, we already started recording for our show that we are going to post and have, and, um, it's going to be called Dim Rose okay so it's real crazy because my family is crazy but everybody is like crazily gifted so we're going to start that so by the end of the year we plan to have started that um get that going and popping and then i want to be able to have a um a private showing once my blog and everything goes up i want to have a private sitting where people come and they you know we actually um get to you get to hear the intricate parts of me putting that blog together yeah. and then i'm going to do like a stage and some a lot of people think i'm really funny but i don't really think i'm all that funny but <laughs> i'm gonna do like a which what i would call a soliloquy of yeah. being an orthodox educator and it's going to be a alive and it's going to you know we're planning that and by the end of the year that's my big event to end the year out i, I want to be able to introduce my blog and website to people or select few people um have a live band there and have some action and the things that I like so you can actually get the unorthodox educator experience. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to do for this year. That's already up and in it works. Yeah. You know what, well, Coach? slow down a little bit with this, but yeah, that's what I want to do.
0: You know what I didn't ask you? You, um, you've talked a lot about music. Do you have any records that you have produced and are ready to be heard?
3: Um, what you mean that I recorded yeah
0: that you sung and recorded on
3: that you, you... not not anymore Um, now everything I do I write for someone else okay. I ghost write and then they they lay it down or whatever the case may be okay um, because I I came out of that coach like I said I think once I went through that phase and after I got kind of you know hurt or whatever in college yeah I rarely went back in the studio you talking about somebody that stayed in the studio from I was 12 years old to twenty something years old yeah so I stopped going, but I kept writing, and I would ghostwrite, and I would place. You know, it's funny you ask me that, because my sister was like, so you never going to go back in the studio? Like, yeah. you just never go, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, no, I think I just want to ghostwrite, and I think I just want music, you know, song placements. Um, so, yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Everything I have is written and copywritten, and then somebody else covers it. So okay. Okay. when my sister hit this, I guarantee you she going to at me or call me and be like, I told you. <laughs> you asked i am just you. i am telling
0: you. Yo. So, uh, so as a writer, as a writer, um, um, can you give me three writers that you you look at for inspiration for? From rather, and and tell me like um, what your writing process is like. I know it's a little late in the episode to do that because when you when you when you brought when you brought that up, I was like, okay, we might have to. I'm about to get back on here again when you drop some of these projects, so we can talk again about them. But as a writer, who do you look up to as a
3: writer? Okay, so first things first, who do I look up to as a writer? Is um, I'm gonna give you one first, which would be Toni Morrison.
2: Rest in Um, peace.
3: Oh my God, I cried. You have no idea. Yeah. Um, I have been a fan of hers. The first book that I read was. the bluest eye, and I had to be middle school when I read The bluest eye, mm-hmm. and I was like so intrigued by the way she talked about, you know, like what went on in that book. And I was like, man. Then later on, I read Song of Solomon, and I was like, man, if I could learn how to illustrate my pen like that, like I'm be sick, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like my first person that I was like captivated by. Then later on. You know Maya Angelou became one that I really looked at because I had really got into writing poetry at that time. So I looked into, looked up to her because of the way she, you know, used um, like racism and identity and stuff like that in the south, and she just made it sound so lyrically, you know, okay, even though it wasn't okay, just because of the way she did it. And Mm -hmm. um, so I was a big fan of hers. And so I look up to her, and then Zora Neal, uh, she killed it during the Harlem Renaissance, and I'm big on music. So, you know, Harlem Renaissance was big for music. And um, to be honest with you, reading her things, um, Their Eyes Were Watching God, was the way that I learned to write um, fiction but using musical content from, you know, just reading and being a fan of Zora Neal uh, Hurston. So those are three females that I that I really look up to. And then... Um, when it comes to uh, Negro writers as far as men, when it comes to talking about colored people and just dealing with black people during that time, Langston Hughes and James Baldwin, their wordplay is like none other. <laughs> mm. So whenever I get caught on a phrase or I want to go back and make that phrase deeper than what I would normally say, I always can refer back to something that they said or something something that they've written and And a lot of times in their writing, they were teachers, you know, so they would tell you how to make certain words or phrases pop. So I could go back and read their little notes that I've highlighted and stuff like that. And then it'll kind of help me when I get in that writer's block. Because sometimes my writer's block is not like the average person. I've already written something, but now I want to go back and make it deeper, you know? And that has even posed to be a problem for me for management. You know, my sister be like, Okay, yeah, you trying to be extra deep, but nobody wanna hear that right now. Like you need to tell them exactly what you t-. yeah, like she'd be on it with me because I'm very word worthy. But sometimes she would be absolutely right. She was like, It depends on who your audience is yeah. when you go that deep. No doubt. You know?
2: No
0: doubt.
3: So Yeah. Oh, so yeah, man. those my peaks right there. Those 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 five are my that's my fast five, five.
0: Yeah. What do you what yeah. do you what do you think what do you think makes a good writer?
3: What I think makes a good writer is uh, patience. Patience, because mm. a good writer has to be patient. You have to be able to not only write, but you got to be able to sit on that for a minute, go back, revise it, edit it, you know, then you got to go back and read it again. It don't all come at one time, you know. Mm. You have to be patient in being a writer, but at the same time, you have to... For me, it's just like we writing music. You have to have gone through something. Yeah. Even if you're a kid writer, you have to have gone through something to be able to tell it to somebody else yeah. in a way in which they listen. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Uh, I I totally agree. I totally agree. How many of your kids can you see, um, as an English teacher again, I got to commend y'all because, uh, I figured out a way as a math teacher to minimalize the amount of work I do at home in terms of grading, right. With finding various <laughs> programs, that that can grade the work. All the kids have to do is turn the work in. They grade the work online from I just collect that grade and populate it into the grade book. But as an English teacher, you guys have to read so much. So I got to commend you one on being an English teacher, but, but how many, how many of your kids do you see or feel have a future if they want to become published authors or, or even writers? How many of your kids do you feel have that potential?
3: I'm going to be honest with you. It's always a very small percentage. So when I see it, I I, kind of grab those kids. Um, For instance, uh, where I am now, the kids that I have out of the 130-something kids I have now, Mm -hmm. I have like five that I'm like, they can really write. But out of that five, only three of them care that they can write. Mm -hmm. And that's a difference. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Those three, those three are reaching out to me online. Those three oh, yeah, would come by my room or slip little notes under my door when school was still in and say, hey, I'm writing this for something else. Can you proof this? Coach? Of course. Can you proof this, Ms. Row? Yeah. You know, or I'm working on this at home. This is my home journal. Like when I see people like that, I know uh, my school last year, I had a special, special kid and she still reaches out to me today. And she's one of the ones who pushed me. She'd be like, Coach, we still waiting on your book. We still waiting on your blog.
2: Mm. You
3: know what I'm saying? Like, but she can write her ass off. Do mm. you hear me? Mm. She reminds me of me yeah. in college, not yeah. high school, in college. Yeah. So, and I told her that. I was like, man, you have a gift. But you know what? Coach, she don't want to write. She want to do something else. Yeah. But what she wants to do I'm like, do you know that this writing can pay for that? Like she wanna go to school and be like a doctor or something. Like she's very smart. And yeah. that's cool. But and I told her that. I say, but you can get a scholarship in writing. Yeah. You can go to school for this. Like I there's scholarships out there. So I entered her into a contest before I left the school district last year. And um yeah. And she plays. And I wasn't surprised. She's good. So is it- sometimes you get in there really good but they don't wanna do it.
0: So is it patience that um, that um, makes her great, or or when she's writing on the paper, what do you what do you see that what are you seeing that makes her so great?
3: Man, her words are so colorful, mm. like she can play with those words in a way in which I didn't learn to do that until college. Mm -hmm. And that was because I read and read and read and I read through different rhyming dictionaries and different, you know, like I studied certain things to to pick up that vocab and her words are so colorful that they come off the paper. You know, when she tell you a story about something that went on at home, she can literally put you in the center of what's going on at home without using anybody's name if that makes wow. sense okay, like she's gifted at it, she's really she really really is, and we talk even though I'm not at that school, we talk often, and she and I've told her like i've been I'm not pressuring her, but I'm letting her know how valuable you know what I'm saying of a gift she has, and that can help make room for her in other areas, so um, yeah, she'll be a junior on top of that, she'll be a junior next year, wow. so she's young, but she's gifted, wow, mhm, okay. Yep, and then, like, I have one right now at Sterling. She's uh, from Australia, mm. right? But she's mm. a Sterling. She's cold. She's gifted. I have a young man in my class, and I told him, I was like, dude, you remind me of the way James Baldwin wrote when he first started out, and I read it, and I told him about James Baldwin. So, you know how we have all those libraries of books in H I Z. you know, they give us all those bins. So I went and found James Baldwin's books for him, for him to take home and read. Because he reads. And I'm like, dude, you need to read upon him because you remind me a lot of him. Now, this particular kid loves to write. He wants to be a writer. No doubt. So it's easy to push a kid like that. But the kids that are great and who don't really see how great they are at it or don't really want to do it because it does take patience and it does take persistence, you know, you're going to run across those from time to time and they just don't love it like that. And that's cool. But the ones that do coach are very few and far between. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Um I haven't found a kid like that that was good in math. I'm talking about like I used to have a homeboy when I was in high school who could do 3 to 4 maybe even six digits in his head, right? And it, and it's, oh, it I
3: got a headache already.
0: It's a, <laughs> it's a way that you do it. It's a way that you do it. If you look at numbers and so if you look at a 1000 um, like, let's just say a thousand three hundred and sixty. If you look at that number as a thousand three hundred units, 60 units and zero units of one, and then you multiply that by another one, he could do all of that in his head. And I haven't found a kid that can do like do math like that.
3: See, that's, yes,
0: that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. As you know, number sense. I haven't found a kid that has mm-hmm. has any practice in number sense. So, yeah, Um, I think that's a special thing. I I want I want to read some of her stuff. If you say it jumps off the page because I've read, you know, when we've done um, Tell Pass, I've read some stuff in Mm -hmm. Spanish, some stuff in English Mm -hmm. that was just like, oh wow, man, y'all are going through it, Jesus. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, um, yeah, but uh, that's interesting. That's interesting, Coach. uh, Um, most importantly. The last question I'll ask is, what's next for you?
3: What's next for me is probably going to be, um, I think I want to go into writing for uh, media and entertainment. Um, I'm glad you, or, you said know, that. Writing, uh, what you say?
0: I said, I'm glad you said that because we we're going to have a talk off the podcast. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, my sister's kind of been... I, I, I know you keep him. You gonna have to have her own on a set of ass by five, six times, right? <laughs> but my sister has been pushing me to yeah. do this. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, I just want to be a, the, one of the best authors in the world. That's what I've been saying for years. Yeah. And she's like, Dana, writing is evolving and you can write anything. Yeah. So, um, I'm actually, right now, Coach, uh, since we've been off on COVID, I had already looked into it before this, but I got a call from uh, Full Sail, yeah. and my and my sister has her masters, or one two of them, or one of them from Full Sail or whatever. But um, they call me and they have a creative writing class. Um, I actually did a contest or something uh, through another link, and it ended up going for them, so they called me, um, offered me a scholarship on one of the one of their uh, programs, which is creative writing. But basically, that's what it is. And it's giving me all the different levels of it. It's teaching me uh, screenwriting and playwriting and things like that. Yeah. So I think I'm going to tap into that. I think that's what's next. I think it's going to be cool. It might be hard as hell, but I think it's going to be cool.
0: So here's the thing. I, uh, I just text your phone. I just text you my email address. Um, if you would text me um, just to say that you received it, I want to send you a script that I wrote in New York City last year. Um, and I want to see what you think
3: it. That's on my booking list.
0: Okay, to go to New York?
3: Yep, never been.
0: Okay. It's a beautiful place. But I uh I wrote uh-huh. a script. I said it is a beautiful place. When I get it, when I go out there I get creative. And so I wrote um well when I say creative I get super creative. I get motivated to just yeah. write, 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 mm-hmm. write. So I wrote a script and I'm interested to see what you think about it. I can email it to you in a second. Oh, okay. So um and then we'll talk a little bit more. About why I'm sending you this script.
2: Okay. Okay, okay. Great,
0: Coach. But look, look. Uh, so here's the thing. Um, normally, uh, again, we're we're social distancing. So normally, what I do is I bring guests onto the podcast, and at the end of the podcast, I give everybody a token of my self and my company to them. So that token comes in the form of a t-shirt. It'll be two t-shirts. One will be the exclusive SVI black t-shirt and the other one will be the exclusive podcast t-shirt that I'm wearing in this episode. So uh I'm going to okay. text you, get your t-shirt sizes off air and I'll send you those okay. I'll send them to you or I can meet them and drop them off to you, but I just want you to know that uh I'm appreciative of your time and I know that we'll be working a lot more together in the future.
3: Right. Oh, thank you. No you doubt. come bearing gifts.
0: Okay. No doubt, no doubt. You got anything else? <laughs> no, I
3: don't. I just really want to say thank you for having me. Um I hope I did, you know, the podcast justice for my first time, but I really enjoyed it.
0: Listen,
2: we I really we,
3: really
0: did. We you opened up the doors. We got a lot more to talk about. So we we have more. Look, I'm on this is episode number 62. It was my goal to drop 100 this year so I got 38 more to yeah. do this year so don't worry, we got we got plenty of time to come back and talk about the <laughs> projects that you drop in the future that's what this platform's okay. all about
3: yeah, yeah. I appreciate
0: it coach no doubt, Houston, Texas Houston, Texas Houston, Texas, home sweet home I do what I do for myself to prove that I could do it for others, Coach Diane Coach Dana, I'm sorry, Coach Roe. say bye what's
3: up lady?
1: All right, holla. <laughs> Yo, it feel like '95. Sachy on my body, Biggie, chicken Puffy, all that ballin' is a hobby, and I'm no wildin' in my wallies. No i no Pilates. More way get you more wet. Now nah, that's these boom my crystal ball. <laughs> Like Ace of that Ace of Spate, crack me like Cheers yeah. to the money guy, yeah. the willy nigga wow. Who buy them bottles, yeah. and then they spill these liquors, yo, yo Salute my dude, I see you <laughs> Five bottles, one gig Why I need some I know I'm out of line, but love is our time You know it rose, they rain when your cloud is nine that high-ass huntsy This a private party Didn't know my dick too long Your breath on private party You gon' be nice and naughty These walls all priceless already. This the upper crust Fuck us up Over and toast Over and toast Yes, we did it again Sipping with no remorse What are we doing again? Oh
2: Talk yeah, over. Talk yeah, over. <laughs>